Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Now, Sports Talk with Broads. Here's Hunter Brody. What is going on, everyone? Welcome on into Sports Talk with Broads. Monday is going to suck. Football Fridays now suck. And this is 2020. I am so accustomed to everything being miserable. Why not add on the Philadelphia Eagles to everything that has been a horrendous time for me this season? This isn't how I wanted this to go in the beginning of the season. If you go back and listen to my preview podcast on Football Friday, I claim there was nothing better, nothing better than waking up on my Friday having coffee, talking birds. Now I want to vomit when I think about that damn logo. Now I'm watching the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys play on Thanksgiving, and I question if the Eagles are a better team than that, than that, than a Mike McCarthy team that has no clue what they're doing, trying fake punts, fourth and short situations, throwing the football with Andy Dalton. I mean, it just got so disgusting, and I question if the Eagles are a better team than that. I question if Matthew Stafford and that bad awful, terrible Lions team can beat the Birds by double digits. And that is where your Philadelphia Eagles are this season. It sucks. Monday will be another tough watch, another bad four hours, and there's no getting out of it. See, this is what bothers me. I keep hearing this statement or this phrase. There's two of them. When you least expect it, this team wins. Or just when you count them out, that's when they always find a way to get the victory. In years past, now you can continue to say it week after week after week after week, and eventually you will be right. But obviously that's the case unless they go winless in their next handful of football games, which is possible. I am not ruling that out. Do I think it will happen? No, I don't think they'll go winless. I don't see many wins coming. I don't think it'll be winless. But the difference between teams in the past and this season is the Birds would have beat the Cleveland Browns. Honestly, the Eagles would have probably found a way to beat either Pittsburgh or Baltimore as well. When you least counted them out in years past, they still had good wins under their belt that season, which made you feel differently about the team. Their best win this year was against Nick Mullins and the San Francisco 49ers. 
That's not the same as going on the road on Thursday night and beating the Green Bay Packers and beating Aaron Rodgers. It's not the same. So in years past, I would agree with you. This season, that's already done with. Those wins that you would have gotten when you counted them out, they would have already occurred. Now, I'm sorry, that's over with. You can't just say it every single game. Eventually, you will be right. So I don't support that logic anymore. By the way, we are broadcasting live from the Manscaped Man Cave. Get 25% off. It's a Black Friday deal. Normally, it's 20% off and free shipping with the code BROD at manscaped.com. Go to their website, though. Black Friday deals. There's so many great packages where you can buy a loved one, a family member, a son, a brother, whatever, whoever, an awesome Manscaped package. All right? So make sure you do that. This offensive line is in shambles. A lot of offensive line news dropped today. We'll start with Lane Johnson. Clearly, it's a big impact to lose your right tackle, who is a stud. Now, he hasn't been the same this season because he's been pushing through this ankle injury, which we knew he had during, I think it started to be bigger news when they played that game at the link, and it wasn't an actual game. It was more like an inner squad game or something of that nature. That's where the topic decided to pop out more than it did about this injury. He had to get stuff scraped out. He had the surgery. He hasn't been the same all season long. Now, there are some fans upset with the Eagles organization for even allowing him to push through it. There were times where I thought, hey, why don't we give him a one-week, two-week, even maybe a three-week break so it would help him out longer term for this season. So there were times where I was a bit annoyed with him continuing to push on it, still thinking that there was play left in his ankle for the backstretch of these matchups. But in terms of shutting him down earlier... See, you just have hindsight now. Lane Johnson, this is who he is. It's like looking at Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey is going to play through everything until he can't anymore. Some players are built differently. Now, if you look at other players on the roster, I wouldn't feel the same way about everyone. I wouldn't feel the same way about Deshaun Jackson. I wouldn't feel the same way about Alshon Jeffrey. I wouldn't feel the same way about Miles Sanders. I wouldn't feel the same way about every single player on the roster. But when it comes to Lane Johnson, this is his identity as a professional and a veteran in this league. This is what he has done throughout his entire career. He is a warrior that will fight and fight and fight and fight and fight until he no longer can with his injury. So I'm not mad at him. I'm not mad at the organization for having him try. For having him battle through it. For Lane Johnson specifically, as an individual, I'm not crying or going through a bunch of rage inside thinking about how they handled it to a full degree. Were there some moments where I would have liked the scene, maybe a week off? Yes. But I don't think that's the difference in this outcome. This is clearly something that he just cannot continue going through. But to try and for him to be the one that is lining up in the trenches, giving it his all, I can support it. It didn't work out. 
And now you have a problem. Matt Pryor, Jack Driscoll, what is the move? Matt Pryor has been abysmal. Blows my mind that somehow, someway, this guy played against the Seattle Seahawks at right guard in a playoff game, and now he looks like someone who should never even touch the NFL field. And what happened with Nate Herbig? These storylines are not adding up. I am very concerned. I'd feel more confident in Driscoll than I would Matt Pryor. Let's go to left tackle. They finally did it. They finally made the move to put Jason Peters at right guard. Thank you. You should have did that a long time ago. You should have committed to that move weeks ago. Here's my issue. Jason Peters demanded money. Jason Peters said, I'm not moving the left tackle. Nuh-uh, no way. Not unless I get paid according to where left tackles get paid. Give me that type of money. Well, you had the worst performance of your entire career. It was so ugly. You were getting waxed and abused all night long, getting the quarterback hit to the point where your ass is getting moved back. I demand you pay the team back. If I'm Jeffrey Lurie, knowing how close they are and knowing their relationship, I'm giving him a damn phone call, bringing him into the office and saying, hey, we're restructuring this. Howie, come in here. Howie, come in here. Give me back my damn money because you didn't earn this. That's fine. If you earn the left tackle money and you played up the standard, you could keep the money. You had the chance to live up to that contract, that added money that you got in the offseason. Now that that's not who you are, give me back my cash. Shouldn't that be how it goes? He was dreadful last game. Dreadful. And I don't even know what he's going to be like at right guard. It might not be on display as much because there's more comfort. But here's the thing. On the other side of him, to the right side, it's not going to be Lane Johnson. I would feel way more comfortable with Jason Peters at right guard if it's Lane on his right and Jason Kelsey on his left. But now let's say it's Matt Pryor and let's say it's even Jack Driscoll, a rookie who I'm intrigued by, but let's not say that he's some stud at this point. Jason Peters could be getting abused. Seattle doesn't have crazy pass rush, though. And that's where things can play a role. Acquiring Dunlap is something that adds value to their defensive front, though. And their defense has been getting stronger as of late. There was a point where their pass defense was so abysmal, I could throw for 400 yards on their asses. Now, they're 32nd in pass defense. They average 343 yards per game. But when it comes to 300 yards per game, One time in their last four. So they have been clamping down as a unit. Of course. Why wouldn't they be? Just when the Eagles come around. Yeah, we play better defense. (laughs) This is where the Eagles could have looked at the schedule earlier and said, we can do something here. Our offense sucks so much. Here's a chance to move the ball. But no. They'll probably struggle. They'll probably be horrendous. Starts with the head coach. And I know we've been discussing, should they strip the play calling? And we answer with, 
He needs to take a step back, Doug Peterson that is, so we can look at everything surrounding this team, not just offensively, but special teams. He mentioned defense and tackling, right? So all around, he needs to look at this team from a bigger picture, from a broader view, almost like a, what's that thing called? A drone. A drone, like a drone perspective looking down at the entire team. Take a step back from play calling. Another thing I failed to mention in the past when it comes to stripping it and maybe going to Rich Scangarello, when you struggle as a play caller, you find yourself getting into these tendencies that you are accustomed to calling. You you find your comfort zone, and there's no doubt that teams and other opponents and other coaches are figuring out that he has this system. When things go wrong, you try and get back to who you are, and it's very predictable. Doug's offense is super predictable. If you give it to Rich Scangarello, and I'm not saying that this offense is going to be fixed because I don't think it will at all with changing the play calling, but what it does is it'll change the tendencies, so maybe that confuses other squads and how they approach things because they don't know Rich Scangarello's tendencies to this crazy degree. Yes, you can go back, watch the tape, watch the film of what he did with Denver, and you will find certain values that he has as an offensive mind, clearly. But it's not with this team. It's not with this quarterback. It's not with these weapons. It's a different style. Maybe Rich Gangarella runs the ball more. The fact that the screen game doesn't work, that goes way deeper than Carson Wentz isn't hitting his backs. It's a scheme problem that it's this bad. They can't even use the screen game. In what world did it fall to this degree? It is a scheme problem. It's a tendency problem out of Doug. It's not only, well, Carson missed the throw, and that's why the screen didn't work. No, no, no. These screens are getting blown up way too early and sniffed out consistently. It dives deeper than Doug Peterson. All right? It does. Now, there's some matchups that scare the living hell out of me. DK Metcalf versus Darius Slay. I'm not going to say that scares the living hell out of me. There's way worse out there. I'm almost intrigued to see how Darius Slay matches up against DK. This guy is a physical beast. This is set up for failure for Eagles fans. Not only can you never, and I mean never, beat the Seattle Seahawks team, you have to see DK Metcalf go up against this team. All right? You need to watch Russell Wilson go out there and compete. Who is the best to do it in this damn league right now? One of the best. It's going to be running around. This rushing defense for the Eagles, they have not been what we are used to seeing. So he can make something work. Chris Carson possibly being back in the mix. I heard Adam Kaplan on Inside the Birds mention he's here and Chris Carson will be back. So how would they implement the run game with him and Russell Wilson's ability to use his legs to torch up this run defense? Everything is set up for failure for this team. And knowing how this team has operated so far this season, that's exactly how I expect it to go. Crushing, isn't it? This used to be fun. This used to be entertaining. But as I draw up my notes, things to watch for, everything is such a negative. And that's not my fault. I'm not searching for the negatives. This is what they give us. I'm only taking what they hand to me. I understand that there's times where I nitpick and I go a little far and I dive deep into my second 
overthinking, and, you know, I really analyze things to a crazy degree at times. I can totally acknowledge that. I'm a psychopath sometimes. Sometimes. Only sometimes. This, though, I'm looking at the surface. Now, I'll go second thinking, second level thinking. But from the surface, I'm taking all the information that the Eagles have available to us. And it all blows. I'm not going out of my way to talk about things that blow. Everything they do blows. Is there a positive on this team? Well, apparently there is. Doug Peterson mentioned it himself. Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders. So, Doug, you're telling me that the positive you mentioned is the thing that you don't use the most? Is what you get away from every game? Please stop this guy. Now, if you didn't listen, Jeff Mosher of Inside the Birds, he's been covering the Eagles for 15 years, been on the Eagles beat. He joined me for Motion Broads. What was that? Thanksgiving Day we dropped it. It was a Thanksgiving Day episode. Make sure you listen to that. We had some awesome discussion, awesome back and forth about Doug Peterson's press conferences, the future of the team. He actually had something very interesting to say. You know what? Why don't we pop it in right here? These next six weeks are very pivotal. Like, if you're asking me right now, Hunter, I think that there's going to be some changes made in the offseason. I don't know who. I don't know what. I just know that whenever this team doesn't fulfill expectations, they, they switch coaches. The number of coaches that gets changed, the, the, number, the, 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 uh, the level of cleaning of house that goes on after the season, though, I think will vary on how these next, next six games go. If it's 0-6, we could be talking about entirely new regimes everywhere. I, I mean, I would say everything's on the table. If they're four and two, then I think Doug's obviously going to be back. Howie will be back. Maybe a few coaches get go by the wayside, you know. But so we've got to see this thing play out to really know how it's going to go. Major changes if this team goes 0 for 6. See, that's the thing when you think about this front office and this ownership in Jeffrey Lurie. It seems like he's so tied to Howie Roseman. And I know the Chip Kelly era happened, and he kind of got pushed aside, then brought back in. But there's a connection between the two. Doug Peterson, while he angers me so much and my blood boils every time I think about him, his name, or see his face, he won a Super Bowl. And I feel that bought him time. But a three-win season... That would be a different scenario. I mention all the time about John Harbaugh and what he did with the Ravens where they won the Super Bowl, didn't make the postseason. I mention all the time that Drew Brees and Sean Payton went through a spurt of 7-9 football. 7-9, while it's not great and there would be a lot of turmoil involved, it's not three wins. This is rock bottom. For Philadelphia Eagles. I don't want to compare this to what the Browns went through, what the Jets go through, what Jacksonville goes through every single year. Everyone goes, well, it could be worse. But that's not how this organization flies. That's not how they rock. They don't compare themselves to the trash in the league. They look at themselves with pedigree. They look at themselves as one of the best markets in the league. If you're talking about, well, at least we're not this team, that's not how it works here. When you do good but not good enough, you get fired. That's how Jeffrey Lurie looks at this organization. That's what you want. You want it to be that way. You don't want to be satisfied with at least you're not the bottom. You want an ownership that values being at the top. And if you're good but not great, see you later. But it does seem 
crazy to hear the words, everything's on the table. And if they go winless, and here's the thing, even if they go winless, right? Or excuse me, even if they don't go winless, and let's say they win one game against Washington, which looks to be the, the best team in the division. That front four is lethal. Alex Smith is a professional guy who, I'm not going to say he's a world beater by any means, but he's an experienced veteran. Had some costly turnover. He had that brutal interception that they took to the house. Wait, did they take that to the house? Or was that the one where Terry McLaurin came and pulled a DK Metcalf and had a big-time tackle, which saved them four points because it ended up being a Dallas Cowboys field goal? Regardless, Alex Smith is an, an experienced veteran player. They might win the damn division. How did I start talking about Washington? That's right. The Eagles play Washington later in the season. Let's say they go 1-5 in their last six. That shouldn't be the difference in keeping everyone or not. 0-6, 1-5. You see my point? 1-5, you're keeping guys 0-6 or not? 2-4, you're keeping guys 0-6 or not? At what point is it, okay, hold on, they bought time because of these six games? Especially if the teams they're beating is Dallas and Washington. And as much credit as I just gave Washington, I'm saying they can win the division. They're still a bad football team. They're intriguing with their front four. Alex Smith could maybe win this division, but this division is arguably the worst we've ever seen in the history of the sport of the league. It's so bad. It's so bad. More on Doug Peterson's pressure in a minute. First, I got to let you know about my friends at DraftKings. They have brought their expertise to legal sports betting. It's a legitimate sports book based right here in the U.S., so you can rest assured that your funds are totally secure. DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is safe, secure, and reliable. Deposit and withdraw at your convenience. Listen to this crazy deal. All new users have a chance to earn a sign-up bonus, up to $1,000 when signing up. Using code BRODES. Head to the app now. Check out all that they have to offer, including player props, live betting, and so much more. If sports books are not yet available in your state, don't forget about the DraftKings Fantasy app, which offers millions of dollars in total prizes every single week. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So with Doug Peterson, he had this weird, wonky answer when he was talking to the media on Wednesday, and he was asked about Carson Wentz and who, if he's going to be the starter, who's going to start, and shocking, he fumbled. <laughs> just like Miles Sanders, just like Carson Wentz, he fumbled. Oh, well, Carson's our starter on Wednesday. Dude, what is your messaging? This guy is the worst At press conferences. The worst I've ever seen in my life. He can't think on his feet. How he acts in the press conference is how he acts on the sideline on game day. When he needs to come up with an answer, he fails. When he needs to come up with a smart play call or using a timeout at the end of the first half, he fails. The fact, and this is now the third time I'm stressing this, because it's almost unfathomable. It is unfathomable. It's not almost. It is. For Doug Peterson, an aggressive mind, 
to not realize that you get the ball back at the second half, to not realize that you need to call a timeout once Josh Sweat gets a sack so you can try and move the sticks and try and grab some points against the Cleveland Browns before the half ends, for him not to see that is a bad football coach. It's someone who is not prepared, and it shows no reason why. It shows the reason why. Your team is not prepared because the head coach is not mentally prepared thinking of all the scenarios. He just lets something slip, and Doug is accustomed to trying to force things happen late during first halves when when it seems impossible to score points. He tries anyway, is my point. If there's 20 seconds left and you force a team to punt, he wants them to punt anyway just to make a statement, just to try and see what he can do. He can always try, always try. That's what he can always do. But in that scenario, no, that's because he's not thinking. And after the game when he doesn't realize it, it shows me he has too much on his plate. You can't be a good head coach and and miss that one. That's bad. That's garbage. That's equivalent to how Carson Wentz is playing. That's equivalent to how Jason Peters was playing at left tackle. So I feel something weird is going to happen when it comes to Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz, based off of what he said on Wednesday. Here's the thing. He legitimately, definitively said Jason Peters is our left tackle. He is our left tackle. And in the same week, he's already playing right guard. So what does that say about what Carson Wentz and what Carson Wentz's position is considering his response on Wednesday about will he play on Sunday, will he be your quarterback? I feel he starts, but I wonder if it goes south, if things look ugly, would they be willing to go to Jalen Hurts this game? I lean towards yes. Yes, you will see that happen. And you'll probably see a different game plan and yada, yada, yada. Now, I... Got sidetracked. I talked about Darius Slay. I talked about DK Metcalf. It'll be really fun to see how Darius Slay holds his own, if he can hold his own, against such a physical beast. How about the other side? (laughs) It's horrible. It's so bad. Avance Maddox, you name it. Whatever they go with, it's a bad option. And let's look at Tyler Lockett, for example. Russell Wilson and him are always on the same page. You'll float it up if you're Russell Wilson. Here comes Tyler Lockett. It looks like it's going to be overthrown by 20 yards. Oh, here comes Tyler Lockett. Finds a way where it goes right into his damn bread basket constantly. Tyler Lockett. If DK Metcalf does have respectful numbers because Darius Slay does a good job at holding his own, Tyler Lockett will be a force. He will destroy this team in the passing game, especially if Chris Carson's coming back and you see Seattle get creative with that run game knowing that you can find ways to shred this defense with the run game this year. If you can get to the linebackers, good luck, linebackers, good luck. And I know there's some intrigue with Alex Singleton, this and that, and fine, whatever. There's still too many holes for this defense for me to be satisfied because I've seen a couple tackles out of Alex Singleton and a couple flexes after big plays. Look, that's not me knocking the guy. Like I said, I feel he's an awesome story, but your defense still stinks. Your roster's still not good enough. So I'm more annoyed with that than I am with who Alex Singleton made a couple tackles. And if that's the wrong way to look at it, well, shame on me. But here's the thing. I don't think it is the wrong way to look at it. 
And that's my damn opinion. Tyler Lockett's going to be a difference maker. It sucks. The Anytime Hotline, by the way, is rolling. The phone number is 856-442-9805. Since the game is on Monday, we will continue to talk birds throughout the weekend, and I will have a podcast up where we will react to your thoughts on this Eagles-Seahawks matchup. So make sure you get over to the Anytime Hotline. Once again, the phone number, 856-442-9805. Call in. The number's already out there everywhere in the description of every episode. The calls are always getting fired in. You know how I feel about that. It's amazing. I need to let you know about my friends at Manscaped now. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. And I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. They have the Lawnmower 3.0 with advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. They have the brand new Perfect Package 3.0, as I mentioned, where it's a perfect holiday gift for this Season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. They have ball deodorant, anti-chafing ball deodorant. You put deodorant on your armpits. Why not the smelliest part of your body, your nuts? You should see the amount of products that they have. Manscaped boxers, which I have a pair. Outstanding, great fit. Black Friday shopping is a thing. Get to manscaped.com. Use promo code BROD, 25% off, and free shipping. It's that time of the year, fellas. Check out everything they have to offer. I hate that I feel this way when talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. I hate that I have to think about them in such a negative way. But I'm not doing this just because. I'm doing this because this is who they are. And this is bad. This is low. We've had some tough seasons here. We've had some bad football. This hits different. This feels different. And I know you can say that every year you have ugly football. Every time you see, like for example, after the Miami Dolphins game where they got waxed and they got abused, what'd you think? Wow, this team, uh uh-uh, this ain't it. I don't see a way they're going to be able to fix that issue. And boom, what do they do? They crawl back and they find it. So every time they have that big noticeable loss or that terrible performance, you feel there's no way. But then they do. This, though, this is different. Even even if, even if this is the game where they find a way to win, this is a bad team. And there's so many factors. Everyone uses the word excuse. Everyone says you're making excuses for this team. They're reasons. They're reasons. From a fan's perspective, you can look at it and say, oh, stop it, you're just making excuses, this and that and this and that. I do feel people sometimes heavily criticize the word excuse. There are factors why teams do not succeed at a high level. They're not excuses, it's reality of the situation. And sadly, when you look at this team, when you look at this franchise, when you look at this ownership, when you look at this GM, when you look at this head coach, 
There's a lot going on. Does Jeffrey Lurie have too much of a voice when it comes to certain moves? Did the GM do a good job at building this roster? Did he spend a lot of money on older wide receivers that backfired big time? Is this head coach having an abysmal season and not putting his quarterback in great situations? Is this quarterback missing easy throws? Is this running back fumbling the football? Is this offensive line getting extremely banged up? Is there an, a, a cornerback opposite of Darius Lay that can play? They're not excuses why the team is where it is. It's the reason why the team is where it is. And it's hard for people to see that and understand it. There's a lot that plays a role. And there's no fix for it this season. And will there be a fix for it in the next handful of seasons? <sighs> well, the cap's going to be a problem. See, the cap thing, I'm torn. Because we've always been hearing the conversation of, the cap, the cap, the cap, the cap. And Howie, whether you like him or not, and clearly a lot of people hate him, he has done a good job with being able to dive into the money and figure things out financially. So half of me thinks he's going to find a way because he always does. Because we've always been hearing about salary cap issues for this organization. It's always been a topic. Yet it's never been so horrible that you just had to suck because you were in this Terrible, awful spot. But seeing the trajectory of where this organization is heading right now, something tells me this might be the time where that is the case. This is where the team is. It's not properly functioning. So if there's ever going to be a time where it's to finally catch up on you because the credit card will be paid at some point, is the time now. And do you have to move on from certain players you don't want to move on from because you have your hands tied behind your back? It's going to get ugly. It already is ugly. It's going to get uglier. There's no fix this season. And I don't think that they're they're going to win this game on Monday. I hate that it's Monday night football. I got to wait all the way until then. Not even to watch the game. It's not even about watching the game. But the fact that it's the only game on, it's my Monday night, I'm going to have to do a post-game podcast. The game ends around, what, 11.30 midnight. Got to record, gather my notes, post it, upload it. All for a bad team. If the squad had eight wins right now, nine wins, I'm fixing the hat, I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? Like, I'll do a dynamic warm-up before the podcast because I'm so stoked. It's not about staying up late. I'm, I'm all about staying up late, recording podcasts. I record at 2 a.m. sometimes. I'm for it. That doesn't bother me. But I want the product to be good. I want to talk about phenomenal things. I want to talk about positives. And even if they squeak it out and they win... I still won't feel great about this team, so is that really going to be the difference maker in how how juiced up I am at 2 a.m. on Monday night? The answer is no. But I'm sorry, I don't see a way. If you look through all the battles, let's start with the head coaches, Doug Peterson or Pete Carroll. Yeah, I'll take Pete Carroll right now. Quarterbacks, Carson Wentz, Russell Wilson. <laughs> Wide receivers. <laughs> now running back. I like Miles Sanders more than Chris Carson. But you don't run the ball enough. 
So because of how they utilize him, I don't know if it's necessarily the case. I'll take the Eagles' pass rush. I'll take the Eagles' secondary, which is crazy. But guess what? That ain't enough. It's not enough. The more powerful pieces, it trends in Seattle's way. They seem to turn the page defensively a bit. Now, I'm not saying they're the Chicago Bears now defensively because they're not. But I don't think they're as easy as they once were where they were getting carved up. Do you see the difference here? There's teams that, even though maybe they started out weak and they started out slow, as the weeks go on, they progress. They get better. They add to their team, maybe because injuries come back, and their team gets smoother. They get stronger. They play better football. They, They form an identity as a team. This Eagles team's going in the other way. As the weeks move on, they get worse. As the weeks move on, the offense sucks more. Alshon getting five snaps. That effort's laughable. He shouldn't play. He shouldn't play. After the game, I looked at it and said, was it really a big deal? Were those five snaps the difference? No. I hated it, but was that the difference in the game? No. But why are we taking away snaps from people who are actually going to be here for a longer period of time? I'm not a big John Hightower fan at this point. He has a skill set that he needs to work on. But the more and more I think about that Alshon thing, John Hightower five snaps, probably more beneficial to this organization long term than Alshon. My Alada play in left tackle, more beneficial than Jason Peters. So why are they not seeing this? Why is that not happening? Why are we getting the old, terrible veterans? Well, maybe they're trying to justify paying Jason Peters more money. Well, now he's getting moved to right guard, but it took long enough. Maybe they're trying to justify Alshon Jeffrey's contract. We heard Doug Peterson say they're trying to work him in more. More? More. You haven't seen enough, Doug? I know I have. Of you! Joke! Big time joke! I hate this team. So I'm going to end it here. Thank you all so much for listening. Remember, call the Anytime Hotline, 856-442-9805. We will react all weekend long. Not react. We will, I guess, preview this matchup, sadly. And I will implement your phone calls on the pod. Thank you all so much, and I will see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.